just in time, it seems, for the 2024 elections, COVID is back. Let me remind you that we started hearing susurros, little whispering, and it was uh, winter of 2019. We started to hear about what was going on in Wuhan, that maybe, you know, that uh, there was this really bad virus going around. And then uh, early 2020, it totally came and took over the world in time to affect the elections. It seems like they're a few months early, but it sure seems like deja vu to me. Here is World Health Organization's Tedros talking about COVID being here to stay. Just four months after the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 was no longer a global health emergency, the agency is calling for action. COVID right now is infecting and reinfecting millions. What is really important is that those who are most at risk for developing severe disease um, receive a booster, receive an additional dose. That's right, good sheeple Americans and worldwide denizens of this third rock from the sun. If you are listening to us, the World Health Organization says, and you're fearful, make sure you get boosted. Well, anyone who falls for that obviously didn't watch my episode uh, from a few days ago, episode 3112, in which we looked at that the CDC confirmed in their findings what we've known all along, that the vaccines and the boosters cause you to get COVID more often and worse than if you are unvaxxed. You're more likely to get the virus and be hospitalized. This is from actual data from the CDC if you get said booster. Once again, that was episode 3112. Now, by the way, even Joe Biden, in a roundabout way, let us know that, hey, the vaccines don't work. We need a new one because the old one doesn't even work. Isn't that interesting? President Biden has signed off on a new funding request for a revamped COVID-19 vaccine that, quote, works. Let's watch. Mr. President, can you say anything about the uptick of COVID cases and the new variant? Yes, I can. Matter of fact, I signed off this morning on a proposal we have to present to the Congress a request for additional funding for a new vaccine that is necessary, that works. And tentatively, not decided finally yet, tentatively, it is recommended that it would likely be recommended that everybody get it. That's Biden not too long ago saying, hey, yeah, um, we're working on a new one that works. And we're telling everybody, even if you got the old one, you need this new one because this new one actually works, you know, which means the last one doesn't. Biden's announcement comes amid a spike in COVID cases and hospitalizations around the country. However, the president's ask will likely face an uphill battle in the upper chamber. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul already signaled his opposition, posting on X, quote, So to recap, one, POTUS is saying the vaccine they're currently promoting and they mandated does not work. Two, he wants more funding for another one. That's a no from me. Gotta love Senator Rand Paul. But unfortunately, a lot of people, especially outside of this country, even within this country, don't know about Rand Paul. He's a physician don't have common sense, and unfortunately, it's an information war, and all they're hearing is fear-mongering around the world, yet again, about the COVID disease and this new variant that's going to be worse than ever 
and kill you. And you're going to need the new cure. The WHO estimates that hundreds of thousands of people around the world are currently hospitalized with the virus. But the number could, in fact, be significantly higher due to an underreporting of cases. And its director general is urging countries to better share information about its populations. Only 43 countries, less than a quarter of WHO member states, are reporting this to WHO. And only 20 provide information on hospitalizations. As the agency calls on those at risk to get a booster jab, its worry is that cases will further increase as temperatures eventually lower in the Northern Hemisphere. All right, so you're not going to get the jab, but you should definitely mask up. You should definitely mask up. That's important, right? The rise in COVID cases also prompted the reemergence of mass mandates in some places, but people might want to slow down before going that route. A new study reshared by the National Institutes, National Institutes of Health reveals that N95 masks may expose users to dangerous levels of toxic chemicals that have been linked to seizures and even cancer. Now, this study was led by researchers from John Buke National University in South Korea. And it found that some disposable masks contain more than eight times the U.S. recommended limit of toxic volatile organic compounds, or TBCS. Now, there is some hope for common sense and for fighting back against this second attempted wave at tyranny. Now, I've escaped the tyranny of California for the most part, now being a resident here in Utah. But it's good to see people and cities take a preemptive stand and stopping of this mask mandate madness before it gets started all over again. This is happening, or just happened, actually, in Southern California. Now at 4.30, as COVID cases rise around our region, the city of Huntington Beach is moving to ban mask mandates and COVID vaccine requirements. The city council debated into the early morning hours before narrowly approving the ban today. Yeah, hey there, Sam and Pedro. This issue you're talking about was one of a number of controversial issues on the agenda last night at that Huntington Beach City Council meeting. As you mentioned, because of all these controversial issues, that meeting went to about 3 in the morning, and at times it got contentious. <laughs> by got contentious that was ktla los angeles newspeak for sheeple absolutely blowing their lid and losing their mind over the idea of free choice and free will because they did not want to comply please officer please remove please remove the audience that outburst at Tuesday night's Huntington Beach City Council meeting was largely directed at a proposal by Mayor Pro Tem Gracie Vandermark to make Huntington Beach a no mask, no vaccine mandate city. All right, I got to give it to KTLA 5. They actually did a pretty interesting segment here. I'm going to play the last bit of it. Uh, let me tee it up for you. Some people supported what the mayor is doing. By the way, I, I don't agree that... I thought it was pretty good, uh, a great mask mandate. They have a little, uh, but if you've tested positive, once again, it should be your choice uh, if you wear a mask or not, if you test positive, because the masks don't work and they can make you even more sick. You should probably just stay home and stay in bed, wash your hands and cover your mouth. You, you know, use common sense, but of course, sense isn't that common. You're gonna see detractors that don't believe that this should happen. You're gonna see a mother that says, hey, 
We should just have a choice whether we do it or not. A Hispanic mother looks like with her daughter next to her, who she'll let you know what her opinion is on it. And then one of the city council members, probably who voted against this mask mandate, being real cheeky uh, about his phone call with a New World Order leader. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good... Watch and listen and tell me your thoughts. By the way, uh, in full disclosure, I have been on KTLA 5, I think two or three times uh, in my life. They run a very interesting operation. They are almost, not quite, but almost like 24-hour news in Southern California. They have several news segments throughout the day. Anyhow, I thought this was a pretty good clip. The city should ban broad universal mask and vaccine mandates by declaring the city to be a no mask, no vaccine mandate city. An exception to this rule only applies to those who have tested positive for COVID. While the mayor pro tem had her supporters in the audience. Wearing a mask and getting a vaccine and a booster should be a personal choice, not a mandate. As individuals, we have the right to choose whether we wear a mask or not, or get vaccinated or not. Thank you. I choose not. Thank you. She also had plenty of detractors. The council has not provided any evidence of impending COVID mandates. In my opinion, this is political grandstanding for personal gain. But I think the bigger, bigger is straw man issue here is that there are no rumblings of masks or vaccine mandates. You know, my calls with George Soros every week, uh, we're not being told that that's happening. Um, I haven't heard that, that we're going to have these things anytime soon. The last voice there was from uh, council member Dan Kalmick, um, Huntington Beach council member, uh, being cheeky about, hey, I didn't get instructions from Soros this week on my weekly call. Uh, once again, uh, trying to downplay or make fun of conspiracy realism about the Soros agenda. And of course, we covered that the uh, Soros uh, are already talking about meddling outwardly in our 2024 elections. Maybe show, someone should show that Huntington Beach council member that particular article. Now, one person that did fall for the injections and now regrets it is Megan Kelly, and she's pretty vocal about that recently. I regret getting the vaccine, even though I'm a 52-year-old woman, because I don't think I needed it. I think I would have been fine. I'd got COVID many times, and I it was well past when the vac vaccine was doing what it was supposed to be doing. Um, and then for the first time, I tested positive for an autoimmune issue at my annual physical. Mm. And I asked, I went to the best rheumatologist in New York, and I asked her, do you think this could have to do with the fact that I got the damn booster and then got COVID within three weeks. And she said, yes, yes, I wasn't the only one she'd seen that with. Megan, 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 common sense. She even says there, I didn't really need to take it, but I took it. And then I thought that was pretty interesting that I think it's sad that she now has autoimmune. Of course, I've been talking about the effects of the jab and the boosters for a few years now, saying they're very dangerous. We were one of the earliest news outlets uh, here on BCP Unfiltered, now the BCP podcast, to report on all these things coming out about autoimmune, um, you know, the, them hacking of DNA and autoimmune issues, uh, a rise in cancer, and of course, along with what everyone else is now being aware of, myocarditis, uh, that, you know, we call it the, uh, the clot shot, but the autoimmune and the cancer uh, aspects 
we covered as well when that started to come out. And now her rheumatoid uh, arthritis and her specialist uh, who's, who's looking at all this is saying, yep, it was the booster. It was, it was the vaccine. Other people I'm seeing are having the same issues. It's at least nice to see that there are doctors out there who are being honest about that. Uh, I am so grateful to our, uh, our pediatrician. All of our children are now adults. <laughs> our, my two youngest are, uh, are 18 and 19, respectively, uh, junior number two and juniorette number two. Uh, and they just now transferred out of their, I think they had their last physical at 18, respectively, with, their, uh, with our, uh, our pediatrician, who's been our pediatrician for 20 years, for uh, 20 years. And um, this was before them going off to college and to school. Uh, yeah, worth even going back to California. You know you have a good doctor when you schedule an appointment with them when you're no longer in that state and you're paying out of pocket for it even though you have insurance. That is a good doctor. And the pediatrician uh, that we have is like, look, you know, I'm not telling you and your children to get the booster, whatever you guys feel. But, and then when he gave us a spiel about boosters, he was kind of saying without saying it, maybe because he's in California, he's got to be careful what he says. Like, you don't need the damn booster. The booster's not tested. And little children and children don't get COVID that bad anyway. So that's what he's been saying the last couple of years. Um, so there you have it. If you probably were here in Utah, you probably wouldn't even have to say that. You'd probably say, yeah, don't take the booster. Don't take the, uh, the, vac the vaccine. But he said that without saying it, probably about as much as he can uh, being in California. All right, so I'm going to use that little anecdotal family situation having to do with our pediatrician and COVID as a segue into this. This is one of those how convenient moments my children know a lot about when, uh, you know, when your children get in trouble and you talk to them and they come up and they go, oh, dad, it's just da-da-da-da. And you go, oh, how convenient that this excuse happens to coincide with a lack of judgment on your part in a particular instance. So here's a how convenient moment for you. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, inked a $1.8 billion deal for 20 million pediatric COVID-19 vaccines. Now, when did this happen? This happened back in June of this year. This was put on Twitter by Natalie Winters, co-host and executive editor of Steve Bannon's War Room. Quote, the CDC is set to purchase 20 million pediatric COVID-19 vaccines worth over $1.8 billion. The order was preemptively organized in June, predicting a surge in September. What month are we in right now, my BCP family? By the way, thank you so much for your support. You make this show possible. What month are we in? We're in the month of September. What what have I been reporting on? The surge in cases and hospitalizations. And an almost $2 billion deal was inked for 20 million pediatric COVID-19 vaccines back in June. Oh, but James, they're able to know these things. Hmm, really? According to the contract, the CDC performed a needs assess assessment, 
check this out, in July, stating that approximately 17 million pediatric COVID-19 vaccines were required. That's a 15% increase from the vaccine amounts available in contracts awarded in June. So in June, they said, oh, this is going to be a ramp up. And in July, a couple months ago, they're like, oh, no, we need to increase this by 15%. Oh, but it gets better still. The agency moved to finalize these contracts before even assessing the exact vaccine needs for the month of September. But we already have Joe Biden saying this next one is going to be the one that actually works, even though the ones they've ordered are the old ones, not the new one that Biden says is actually going to work this time. For our children, nonetheless. Now, I want to end this episode talking about all the money and graft and how this is big business. It's big business, these vaccines and COVID. So we're going to touch on that and a couple different stories to end uh, this episode. Check this out. The CDC's own documentation acknowledges the lack of competition in sourcing these vaccines. It indicates that these compressed timeframes were created by several factors, giving them inadequate time to open contracts for competitive bidding. And uh, it's there. It's there. The crux of the matter is not just the size of the order, but also the timing, which we are now seeing. In the meantime, Big Pharma's got to make that money so they're out there in the news and in the communities and in the government and hospitals and in, unfortunately, some pediatric offices, getting everyone all riled up and anticipating through pre-programming the new booster because of these new scary variants that they knew were going to happen in September. New tonight, we are inching closer to the September release of the newest COVID booster shots. A mild increase in cases and hospitalizations has people wondering what they should do to keep themselves and their families protected. Dr. Del Rio says in order to build immunity to these two strains, people should get the updated booster, which we could see later this month once the CDC signs off on them. Now, experts recommend waiting until the new booster is available to get the new COVID shot, but certain situations might warrant getting boosted sooner. All right, Big Pharma, gotta make those big profits with that new booster. And of course, it's not just Big Pharma, it's big business that has gotten windfalls and lots of money from COVID. Now let's end with this little thing called the Small Business Administration, the SBA, at the federal government, handing out COVID money to big business. They know it was a whole bunch of fraud and they're not looking into it. And luckily, Congress has oversight and we have one such Texas Congresswoman filling Fox Business in on what's going on at the SBA and how our money is being wasted and stolen. And of course, this is all kickbacks and graft and uh, corruption, all under the name of helping the small business, supposedly, when COVID hit a couple years ago.
Joining me now is Texas Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne. She's a member of the Ways and Means and Small Business Committees. Congresswoman, it's good to see you. I do want to get into what you're doing, Congresswoman. You're launching this investigation into the Small Business Administration. After a new report from the agency's inspector general found it overpaid a contractor millions of dollars for running COVID pandemic loan programs. Can you ex um, explain more about this investigation? This was a particular example of where they had outsourced tremendous amounts of work to larger firms, even though it was specified that it would be small businesses. They overpaid to large firms in excess, I mean, multi multinational corporations. And instead of looking at where um, the billings were, for example, in Washington, D.C., which is where they build almost exclusively 100 percent of the billing, much more expensive, nearly nearly 12 to 18 percent more than other areas of the country. That's what they were billing, even though these employees were in places like Dallas um, and should have gotten paid a lot less. SBA paid big law firms in D.C. to administer these programs for small businesses, even though many of the lawyers were not working in D.C. And there's other details that you may or may not find interesting, but I think that that pretty much covers the point I'm trying to make, that it's all graft and money when it comes uh, to COVID. We'll be back tomorrow to finish out the week with very, very important news going back to the stolen election of 2020 and the political prisoners of January 6th. We're going to look at Carrie Lake and some other interesting news. Took a break with this segment to talk about the vaccine COVID, the booster, etc. But we've got more coverage of the stolen election and we'll get to that in our next episode tomorrow, Friday. The episode will be up late. Let me just give you a heads up. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye. God bless.